we're going to count it down from here down when we get to 10. Are you ready? Happy New Year early. In 10, 9. Hey, everyone, I've only got 10 seconds until the ball drops, and we are in a new millennium. Don't worry, I've got enough Y2K supplies to last us until 2002. That's right, Y2K on this week's This Was a... Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Rob. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. On today's episode, we are looking at a phenomenon known as why... 2K. Oh my God. Why? 2K? <laughs> yeah, good question. Why'd you give it to K? Ay, ay, ay. She doesn't need anything else <laughs> on a plate right now. <laughs> That's really what we're talking about. My Aunt K. She suffers in silence. Oh, uh, yes. And it's not one thing, it's another thing. And then another thing on one thing. <laughs> it never ends for K. Well, Ray, you remember why 2K? Oh my god, do I ever remember. I remember being in like 7th grade and like PE and doing like the mile run when I was walking and just mm-hmm. like being like what do you think's going to happen? Oh, man, like I remember having this conversation. It's just so funny to think of like how the un- how big the unknown this was. So I'm very interested to see what the mach- machinations is that the right word? Yeah, machinations, yeah. the uh, the foundations the of all foundations, of this. Yeah, yes. I can I I will try to do that to the best of my ability. Now, phones, I'll tell you a little bit about what Y2K is in a second if you're young and you weren't around for it or you don't remember it. But I think recently with COVID and the COVID outbreak, seeing a whole world go crazy, people are like this this has never happened before. Mm. No, it has. It has. It happened in 2000, although it wasn't a physical virus. It was a computer virus of some sort that thought people were going to destroy the world and the went crazy. So if you think COVID was crazy, should have been around for Y2K. The story of Y2K, what does Y2K stand for, Mr. Hebel? Take it away. Oh, geez. Uh, E2 Crutus. No, E2 Croutons. E2 Croutons. Garlic Croutons. Oh, mm, I'm hungry. Y for Caesar year. Croutons are y for year. Two for two. And K for thousand. As in the year 2000. Y2K. The year 2000. Now, this story is an incredibly complicated one, but I'm going to break this down as basically as possible. Here's what happened. There are such things as mainframe computers. Those are, we're going to go back to like the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, right? Remember when the computers were massive and huge? Mm-hmm. Mainframe computers are big-ass bulk computers. You would see that. <laughs> That's in, how they were sold. Yeah. Uh, what are you buying there? Big-ass big ass bulk, bulk computer. Computers. It's a BAB. Oh, okay, nice. It's a BAB uh, PC. And now there's another type of computer, ones that we're more familiar with, which are called personal computers, like your desktop. Now, these in the 60s and 50s and 70s had very expensive storage. It cost a lot to, to store things in there. So in 1975, 8K of memory 
would cost you $990. Wow, two terabytes for uh, iCloud's like three bucks a month right? now. Or in 2000 terms, you would be paying $5,452.56 for 8K of memory. All right. So wow. anything to help cut costs would be great. So because uh, this was being created in the 1900s, instead of writing out a year as 1975, which would be the year. 1975. They decided, well, let's save, save some storage space. We won't include the 1-9. So it'll just be read as... 75. Exactly, right? That was done to save money and to save storage. It makes sense. But that meant by 2000, it would become unusable because when the computer hit zero zero, it would think, oh, it's 1900. This was a very smart idea because it would save money and it would save storage. And you might think to yourself, well, why weren't these people thinking ahead to the year 2000? And the answer is, well, they were. They were convinced, though, that nobody would be using their software come 2000. So when they were created in the 70s, they were like, there'll be something better coming along that'll take care of it. Boy, the way that the rate that technology moves. <laughs> we're not going to have a problem. No. They didn't realize they were building incredibly wonderful things. So instead of a date reading 1970, it read 70. So the question then became, would like computers interpret 00 as 1900, or would they interpret it as 2000? Nobody knew. And activities that were programmed on a daily or yearly basis would be damaged or flawed. So who would be affected? Well, first of all, banks. Banks, which calculate interest rates on a daily basis, faced real problems because instead of the rate of interest for one day, the computer would most likely calculate a rate of interest for 1900 Good. <laughs> I bought my house for $2 and a buffalo nickel. <laughs> power plants would throw off comparison rates, and because of that, power plants might start to release harmful chemicals because they were going, oh, oh, this doesn't seem right, this number. We should release a little bit. Maybe it'll kill the smog. <laughs> uh, transportation also needs correct times and dates. Needless to say, this is not going to be, this, this literally looks like it's going to be pandemonium. All trains convert back to steam engines. <laughs> Just like automatically. Yeah. All the planes fall from <laughs> the sky. <laughs> Just, oh. Huh. Well, the problem first came to people's attention in 1958 when an IBM computer scientist named Bob Bemmer, he tried to alert IBM and the government to the problem and said they should start implementing the two zero in years, regardless of how much co it cost or how much storage it took up. And they were just really not interested. 42 years. Yeah. it's This problem is going on for about, for, yes. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. This this was not a this was not <laughs> something that like this came as like a surprise. A 95. Oh, what? Oh, shit. We only got 42 years they had. Now, the mid-80s was a hotbed of those computer scientists warning people about the eventual collapse of the computers on, on chat rooms. And in the 1984 book, Computers in Crisis by Jerome and Marilyn Murray, they must be a fun couple. Great songwriting team. <laughs> like many things, it took money to get people's attention. And the New York Stock Exchange realized there were going to be bonds that matured beyond 2000. And so they spent $20 million and got a team of 100 Y2K technicians to help circumvent that. So in the 80s, they were scared because they knew it was going to fuck up the money. Fuck the hospitals, Bobby. I'm going to lose all my stock in TWA. Of course, of course, it's the money. It's when when, when money gets affected, not like, yes. oh, well, you know, these people's medical records. No, 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 no. Planes no, no. are going to fall from yeah, the sky. No, no. Nope. What? Hey, the stock exchange. Now, despite the influx of computers being used and work in people's homes, the Y2K went largely undiscussed in a lot of places. Un 
until 1993. And we're going to meet a guy named Peter de Jaeger. He was a computer engineer, and he decided to write a warning in a magazine called Computer World. And that article will become known as the information age equivalent of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Wow. That's what the New York Times said. <laughs> oh, my God. In this article entitled Doomsday 2000, he said, we and our computers were supposed to make life easier. This was our promise. What we have delivered is a catastrophe. Now, soon, Diego, a man in his late 30s, was the in-demand man, and he capitalized on this, of course, giving lectures for seven dollars to $10,000 a pop, traveling around the world to promote this problem. And if there's one thing the media loves, it's a story that makes you the viewer, dependent on them for information and Y2K seemed to be it. Also, unless you were a computer programmer, you had no idea what was going on, but people looked concerned on the news, so shouldn't you be too? And by 1997, people started to really move into action, and President Clinton put together a commission to solve it all and appointed a gentleman by the name of John Kazanin. Now, different countries prepared in different ways. China ordered their airline executives to fly on January 1st as an incentive to get repairs done on time. Oh, wow. The Dutch central bank announced that future credit approvals will be tied to Y2K readiness. And President Clinton summoned elderly computer programmers out of retirement. Some said it was not unlike Churchill enlisting fishing boats for the evacuation of Dunkirk and all being given the mission, especially John Kozakin, of, hey, you need to save the world. Wow. A pretty tall order to save the world, but $100 billion later, that's what would happen because of heroes that we do not talk about and who get lost in the media coverage of Doomsday, and that is the computer programmers. Mm-hmm. First of all, just to be clear, this is not like something where you went, oh, nothing. there was nothing behind it. This all possibly could have happened had computer programmers not gone in and spent countless hours and days upon days upon days of going into software and changing all of the dates. So even though, even though, and we know this folks, but even that when January 1st, 2000 rolled around and everything was fine and everyone rolled their eyes and go, Oh, it was nothing. It was, it was a ploy. It was this, it was this. That is really not the case. And the most heroic action was being taken by people that were sitting at computers. You also have to remember this was a time when there weren't really a lot of computer programmers. It's Y2K, which then instigated the fact that computer programming could be a real thing. And today we have so many computer programmers and people who are so familiar with the intricacies of computers because Y2K introduced the world to that. Just to think like how much work went into it for these people. Oh, absolutely. Now, this is from Time Magazine at the time. Quote, the innumerable programmers who devoted months and years to implementing fixes received scant recognition. One programmer recalls the reward for a five-year project at his company. He got lunch and a pen. It was a good lunch. It was a tedious, (laughs) unglamorous effort, hardly the stuff of heroic narratives, nor conducive to an outpouring of public gratitude, even though some of the fixes put in place in 1999 are still used today to keep the world's computer systems running smoothly. Quote, there was no incentive for everybody to say, we should put up a monument to the anonymous common business language programmer who changed two lines of code in the software at your bank, because this was solved by many people in very small ways. Now, the solution, while complicated in execution, was simple in theory. You go through the software, and anytime you needed to change the date to 2000, you would. Now, at this time, not as not every company had as many computer programmers, so the U.S. had to outsource to... India, which is why today we have such a strong tech connection with India. It's because of Y2K. But 
that's that is basically the story of Y two K in a in a nutshell. Just the technological part of it, which was computer programmers made a mistake. Everyone thought that the computer wasn't going to recognize two thousand. They went in, they fixed it. Thank God, no problems. That's the story of Y two K. The real thing that we remember from Y two K though is the reaction the impact that it had on a group of people who had no idea what computers were, had no ideas how to operate them, and believed what they were hearing on the news, and then the people that would then like fan the flames of disaster and then capitalize on people's vulnerability and insecurity. That's the real story that we're going to follow today. Anyway, the, the first big thing that scares everybody besides that gentleman's article from Computer World is Newsweek ran a front cover story that looked like the world was in pandemonium and destruction with the headline, The Day the World Shuts Down. Good. Pretty scary. Here is Tom Brokaw reporting on Y2K. Despite all of the assurances that the Y2K computer problems are under control, at a cost of $100 billion in this country, a lot of Americans nonetheless are taking no chances. They're prepared to survive no matter what happens. NBC's Ann Thompson tonight on the stocking up and lying low. Tonight, the countdown begins. Outside Seattle, Erin Scott Ashley loading her car, counting up her supplies. It's just to be prepared, that's all, just in case. All day, store director Rick Smith watched consumers get Y2K ready. Batteries sell extremely well, the lamp oil, uh, generators, uh, flashlights, those type of items, anything that a person would probably want to use during a power outage. It's the same in many parts of the country, at this Home Depot in Atlanta. Flashlights. <laughs> a Dallas military surplus store. Do you have like, uh, like granola bars, those sort of no, sir, things? No. And at a Chicago water company, a steady stream of customers. I have two gallons at home, but I come pick up three more just in case. Now, one of the interesting things with all of this is the fact that unlike a hurricane or a tornado, you can see the effects. This is something you don't you don't know what this is. And even though there are computer experts saying it's not going to be a problem, they're guessing. So everyone is hypothesizing. There's no concrete evidence of whether or not the computers are going to recognize it or not. So while the news is fanning the flames of disaster, you really don't know where to go. One of the things that also did not help was the fact that the news would do anything to sensationalize how bad Y2K could be, even though it was getting fixed. That's what it was not being reported. Of course, when there's a crisis, what's the first thing that I stock up on? Not water, not food, but guns, motherfucker. Hell yeah. I've got a, a revolver right now, but I wanted something, something more. That was a dragon's breath shell. It can shoot a 4,000-degree flame 300 feet. It's also the most popular ammunition among Y2K customers at KGS Guns and Ammo. There was a fear. Everything's in the internet. Everything's in computers. And we're going to lose it all. And Jesus is coming back. And don't forget, if you feel like this is so overwhelming for you, you can't prep on your own, don't worry. We can sell you something. This is uh, from uh, a Y2K survival kit <laughs> ad commercial. You can go visit their website, which is www.becalm.com. It's 2 a.m., January 1st, year 2000. Power's out. It's pitch black. You need light. If you planned ahead, you'll have one of these. Just wind it up. You'll have light and communication. 
Call now and get the ultimate Y2K survival kit from BeCalm.com. You'll receive the Sunburst, the premier wind-up and solar-powered flashlight and radio, a video resource guide with real advice from leading experts, a diagnostic computer program to test your PC. You'll receive three soup samples from Hourglass Foods, food storage you'll want to eat. Plus, you'll receive a step-by-step -step guide that will show you how to prepare without wasting a single penny. Call now and order and you also got instructional videos if you wanted. Every city made uh, a different instructional video. This one is from uh, Detroit, giving you some really wise tips on what to do during the crisis known as Y2K. In the event that water is still available, water conservation may be necessary due to low water pressure situations. Here are some tips that can help you to conserve water in and around the home. Don't use your toilet as a wastebasket. This simple measure can save countless gallons of water. You can also invest in a low-flow toilet. It uses only 1.6 gallons per flush. Old-fashioned toilets send up to 7 gallons down the drain per flush. Don't let the water run when shaving, brushing your teeth, or washing your face. When taking a shower, do it the Navy way. Turn off the water when soaping up. Turn it on only to rinse off. This measure will save between 5 to 10 gallons per minute. You can save more water by investing in a reduced flow showerhead. Don't wash clothes. And of course, there were news programs that interviewed lots of locals who had their own thoughts and opinions about Y2K. Locals only. Of course, I'm not worried about food because if uh, I'll go to City Cafe and eat if there's any problems regarding food. People that is preparing themselves for this and then the ones that's not they're going to have it hard and they're going to find the people that does and they're going to hurt people, you know, try to, to keep themselves in the clear by keeping food, you know, taking from the ones that's already been prepared for this. Not going to buy anything extra, not going to take any money out, not going to hide anything or put up any water or food. Just the sun will come up the next day and I'll come to work just like I always do. A lot of people don't believe in it, but I do. I've went and bought canned goods, stuff that you don't have to heat up, matches and stuff like that to prepare myself for me and my children. They even opened up Y2K Survival Supplies. Let's go over to that store, shall yeah, we? That's still open. The name of the store is Double O Emergency Survival Supplies. Uh, two zeros can be representative, of course, of the, the date digit problem with Y2K, or some people say double odd emergency. You know, you've got the 72 hour supply chain, you've got mostly large farms, large production houses. Uh, the stores don't have uh, a third stock room and two thirds store anymore. It's maybe an eighth stock, and that's the grocery stores. So, yeah, there will definitely be some problems in the fact that people just expect things to be there now. I think expect the government to take care of them. The soft pack military MREs. Uh, meals ready to eat are an excellent seller. Those don't have to be rehydrated. And they also come with a, uh, a water-activated heater pack, which may be one of the, the more strange items uh, to folks who aren't used to these. Uh, basically what you have is- Don't want to just go to the store? How about an expo? Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a Y2K expo. Y2K expo, expo, expo. And with this system, you've got water pressure, you've got shower sinks, toilets, and everything that works just like normal. When the air is gone, this turns green, then you just press down to hit the second button. That sets off the heat seal. As you find your way into the woods, you can always leave a trail behind you so you can find your way back. <laughs> you've been great. With small arms, we can protect our freedom. 
they call me a profiteer for having a company called Y2K Seeds. They feel that I am terrorizing the situation for benefit of myself. People do not want to be responsible for the outcome. They would like to blame it on somebody else. They will blame it on me. They will blame me for creating a food shortage. I feel like, so vendors here, I feel like there has to be a small number that had a product that they realize, oh, we can apply this to that. But I feel like there's more people that are going, let's figure out a product to, that we can sell and make money based on people's being scared. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. There had to have been some vendors that were like, oh, well, I guess this would work for this, so let's try to make money. But there, I feel like at least two-thirds of the vendors were probably there trying to make money off of people's fear. Fear, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that. I mean, that's the whole thing which is like you like you said first of all probably most of this stuff is basic stuff that they're now rebranding mm -hmm. but there's this idea of fanning the flames of fear it's like like the gentleman who just said i'm going to play his clip again i i know this sounds a little wonky but just listen to what he says he's doing with my alarms we can protect our freedom with my alarm we can protect our freedom what what are, when did this become a conversation about freedom this is a global crisis that's going to put everybody out this this isn't this isn't like them liberals are coming in and taking over everything you know what i mean when did this get to be about freedom but you're absolutely right that's what they prey upon Ray, what are you thankful for this month? Well, Rob, I'm thankful that we have so many great This Was a Thing listeners and that so many of them financially support us so we can continue to dive as deep as we can into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. And support my Hummel habit. Want to help us be even more thankful? Head on over to Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for This Was a Thing and set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing. And what are you doing this November, Rob? By being thankful that we can have as much diet canned cranberry sauce as we want. Gotta get my P90 Eximus body on. Ow. Pull the hamstring. Go lay down, Rob. Mm. We are thankful for all of you and we'll be even more thankful if you can head on over to Patreon.com. The most sensible <laughs> reactions to Y2K came from the Pueblo, New Mexico <laughs> High School. And this is in 1999. And this is them interviewing their students and teachers on what's going to happen with Y2K. If this is if this is put out in 2022, it would be called Teens React to Y2K. Here are some great students and teachers offering their wisdom. Y2K, will it happen? I don't know. We just have to be prepared. Um, I'm just doing the same thing I'm getting ready for Y2K and um, I'm not changing anything but I am I will be prepared I've been in many hurricanes so I guess it'd be the same thing well I think that the everything is just going to be like every other year the only problem might be is that some computers might crash and some databases might think that we're at the year 1900 but as far as like everybody thinks it's the end of the world I think that's just crazy. This is a Y2K joke, and it's very serious. Uh, there was a business, and the boss called the secretary to come in and said, listen, I'm really worried about being Y2K compliant. Let's uh, let's be sure that we, can, we take care of it. We're going to spend all of our efforts the next week to be sure that we are going to be Y2K compliant. She goes, ah, oh, no problem. 
A few days later, she comes back and she says, I took care of the whole thing, sir. But you know what? It was really hard to change all those Ys to K in this building. <laughs> yeah. Also, they interviewed some celebrities who had some good things to say. Backstreet Boys. Your U.S. tour dates take you almost up to New Year's Eve. What are your New Year's Eve plans? We don't well, I can answer that question for you. And uh, what are we doing on New Year's Eve? No, I don't know. What are you doing on New Year's Eve? Now? Uh, we'll be hiding somewhere. In a bomb shop. I'm going to dig all got, your money. I'm going to dig a hole <laughs> and jump in there and put dirt over it. I'm going to go to the bank and ask for all the money and quarters and nickels. <laughs> Nah, give me all my money. <laughs> Can I have that in nickels and quarters? Uh, we haven't really decided yet, but we we'd like we, to be we home. We might be just resting because we've been working every every year mm. for the past six years, so we're probably just gonna chill with the family in yeah. case the world ends or something. <laughs> you know, but we're very optimistic. So. Kids, everything just goes. Just everything's cool. Blows up, meteor. You know. And then, of course, uh, my personal favorite—the people that get attacked the most or, or preyed upon the most—I should say. Old people. Yvonne and Chester Rich are getting ready for Y2K. A lot of crackers and and uh, stuff for the cats. Salmon. We have a gas stove so I can cook. If I have water, we're going to stack up on a little water. Water is at the top of the list that the Texas Department of Emergency Management recommends you keep on hand. Most items can be gathered at your local grocery store, such items as non-perishable food, a manual can opener. Personal hygiene items such as shampoo, soap, deodorant, and a toothbrush. The religious networks were the ones that really preyed upon people the most. Because their idea was it's going to be an end of days. That this is all the prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's all end of days. Right? And then Jerry Falwell and all of them. And they all went on Pat Robertson. And uh, this is going to be the end of days. And how are you going to be prepared for the end of days? The Great Tribulation. Seven years with the saints raptured above, seven years the same time of tribulation on the earth. During that time of tribulation, the Antichrist will come to great power and wickedness and terror will be increased in the world. There are groups within the uh, Christian community and other religions that see the end of the millennium as a, a sign of the end of the times. And look therefore for evidences in the Bible to uh, indicate that this is being predicted. I think that for me, that's a misuse of the biblical text. It's a misuse of the book of Revelation. If there is a breakdown in utilities, or if there is some uh, uh, disruption of the society as a result of Y2K, then the church will be there to respond both in humanitarian assistance helping persons, but also in trying to, uh, to calm fears, provide some sense of meaning. Do you remember PAX, the religious oh, yeah. station? Uh, here were some commercials that you might have seen on PAX at the time. January 1st, the year 2000, the beginning of a new year, a new century, and a new millennium. Will it be filled with promise, or will the Y2K crisis fulfill the promise of Armageddon? The year 2000 is just days away. Do you know how to prepare your family Y2K. It's really not about trying to predict the future with accuracy, it's about risk management. What we need to be asking ourselves is how bad could it be and are we prepared if that happens? Will you be prepared if the worst predictions about Y2K all come true? Where will your family be if communications, water, food, heat, electric power and medical services are all cut off? How to prepare your family for Y2K addresses critical preparedness issues in 15 areas that impact your everyday life. The only preparedness video you'll ever need. Call 
718-1900. Time is running out. Call 1-800-718-1900. Hey, you know what? Let's go see how they're doing in Las Vegas, friend. Let's go to oh, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, the slot machines. This newscaster has gone to visit someone's home in Vegas to see what uh, they're preparing for for Y2K. The Burkharts really see their apartment as a bunker, and they have it outfitted complete with biological warfare suits and gas masks. So they'll be ready for whatever happens. And while the Burkharts are careful not to call themselves doomsdayers, they are taking Y2K very seriously. People who say, you're nuts, you know, you're, you, it's not going to happen. What's your best answer to, to that? Um, my best answer is, is that uh, Noah built the ark and it wasn't raining. And they thought he was nuts, too. I think one of the things that you're seeing is, is that somehow it went from we have this issue that's under control. It's under control. That was the bottom line, which is this issue is under control. But because of the news media making such yeah. a hype out of it, but even more these religious leaders and churches and these televangelists going around saying, this is Armageddon. This is exactly what's in the Bible. Suddenly everybody believed that that Jesus was going to come back, that the world was going to be destroyed. And that's what they're all being, that's what they're playing into. What they don't want to admit is, is like, I'm scared that people are going to get into my house and yeah. steal shit. And I'll tell you one thing, Noah had the best security system on that arc. He really did. You know what he had? He had, uh, you know, one of those things. What do you call him? Honey, what do you call him? He had the thing. Doberman Pinscher. Doberman <laughs> Pinscher. And he had two of them. He had two of them. <laughs> he had two of them. And that's why we have Doberman Pinschers today. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have them. Yeah. We have a canary. <laughs> also, hey, you know what? If there's somebody that you trust more than the church, I can't think of it. But there, actually, there is one group I would trust more. That's celebrities. And so celebrities made mm -hmm. videos saying, hey, let me walk you through Y2K. And of course, who else do you trust more about technology than Mr. Spock himself, Mr. Leonard Nimoy? How could the omission of two simple digits affect the destiny of all humankind. Y2K, what does it mean? How will it affect you, your family, your community, your nation, our world? Y2K, how can we prepare individually? How can we work together as global neighbors to make the best of whatever may occur before and after January 1st of the year 2000? I'm Leonard Nimoy, your guide, as we explore all aspects of the Y2K phenomenon, including how we, humankind, can utilize Y2K as an opportunity to look at ourselves, to analyze where we've been, and to adjust our sights for the future. And, of course, the people I feel bad for the most not only are the coders, but the people that have to go in and man Y2K on New Year's Eve. They can't be with their families. Uh, here's an ABC News report on Do that. Do have a TV with Dick Clark at least? When the ball drops in New York's Times Square this New Year's Eve, a record number of Americans will be hard at work. More than 800 companies have called in extra employees, more than 3 million in all. Even their bosses will be working the holiday. It's important for the CEO, for the top HR executive, the top customer service executive to be there, uh, to, to have a presence for the people that have been asked to come in and work on this special night. Almost everyone is preparing for the worst. Potential Y2K computer crashes top the list. 
In Jersey City, 400 bankers will be ready to take calls from investors. They know they got to be working, and they know that's the priority. For some workers, the pain is not without gain. This public relations firm is giving workers $2,000, a bottle of champagne, and a hotel voucher as an incentive. My wife isn't so thrilled about giving up the weekend, but uh, $2,000 is going to make Valentine's Day a lot more sweeter. Small compensation for missing those millennial memories. So, this is the preparations that everyone is going into for Y2K. What happened? We'll tell you when we come back. Oh! If we come back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This was a thing. This was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. On December 31st, 1999, you prepared for the end of the world. You built your bunker, stocked it with canned goods and oxygen, and waited to defend your property. On January 1st, 2000, you woke up and realized you made many mistakes and misjudgments. You are not alone. To help you get through your blunder, we are now selling VHS tapes entitled, Whoops! Sorry! I Thought That Was The Apocalypse! A two-hour informational guide to show you how to rectify all the mistakes you made. Join Punky Brewster's George Gaines as he walks you through ways to turn back the time on that doomsday clock known as your life. George will teach you how to turn your bunker into something creative. If you want more sunlight, just take one of the 45 guns you bought with your kid's college fund and shoot through the walls. It's going to be brighter than the fridge Cherry was trapped in. He'll show you how you can prepare delicious family meals for the next 15 years only using canned green beans and Spam. Yeah, you can push the green beans into the Spam and create a festive fondue for your next party, gathering, or in your case, bankruptcy hearing. Let me show you. Wow, my TV daughter Punky would be proud. Not my real daughter. I don't have one anymore. She won't speak to me since I bought the bunker. And speaking of family meals, we are sure you said a lot of things to your family and friends you didn't want to get out. George Gaines will teach you how to walk those things back. Salil, let me explain what I meant when I said you had a face for radio. Yes, for $19.99, we'll get the tapes, a free booklet, an 8x10 portrait of Punky Brewster's George Gaines and George Gaines. Salil. Whoops, sorry, I thought that was the apocalypse. It's available for $19.99, and we accept cash, credit, check, ammo, canned goods, flashlights, gas masks, Duct tapes, shoes, underwear, women's underwear. Thank you. This was a sketch. Okay, friends. Well, spoiler alert. Nothing happened. What? As soon as it turned New Year's over in Australia, or wherever the hell it starts off first. <laughs> the toilets started flushing the other opposite direction. And we were fine. Yeah. We were a little fine. We were fine. Nervous. Koalas were a little nervous, but we were fine. It, nothing had happened because what had happened, folks, like I had mentioned earlier, was the fact that it was being fixed, it was being corrected, but it wasn't being done in a prominent, heroic way. Once again, with a disaster like this, you can't get good film clips of people running into burning buildings. You can't get people in helicopters picking people up from flooded areas. 
you would have people just sitting there like drinking a coffee and programming. And I think for the news media, that just wasn't as exciting. It'd be funny if they if they got like clips of helicopters like pulling a computer away. <laughs> That's, can we just amp it up a little bit? Yeah. Can you blow up the computer but have someone running away from the blowing up computer? So once everybody realized that nothing was going to happen, people moved on with their lives. And now, like I said, there's this reputation that nothing actually had happened on, on Y2K. And I just want to make sure that the record is clear. Let the record reflect. Let the record reflect that, yes, there were a lot of wonderful computer programmers who worked tirelessly day and night to make sure that nothing did happen. And I know that the guy from Time Magazine made the joke of, like, they're not going to put up statues of coders. I think they should because I think what they did was just as heroic because they literally – planes could have fallen out of the sky – People hooked up to life machine, you know, life support machines could have passed away. I mean, there was a lot of wonderful stuff that they did, but because it wasn't prominent, we don't really know about it. This was a follow up from uh, a local news station that I re- I really really enjoyed in San Antonio, where twenty years ago they had interviewed a person who was preparing for Y two K, and then they met up with him again to show him what he was like twenty years ago. And there was one type of story that topped the rest: those who prepped, like Todd's family. You know, we're average everyday folk that you know are a little concerned and we're not going to depend on somebody else to take care of us if something does happen. Well, it turned out to be nothing, but no one knew at that time. So it it was a little concerning for us, but it turned out to just be another day. You know, we woke up the next day and nothing had changed and life went on. And what happened to all the food? We ate it. (laughs) We had a big party and we ate it all. So, folks, that was the history of Y2K. Like I said, the actual issue got taken care of pretty pretty nicely. It was just the general panic, which is funny because I feel like with COVID, it was the reverse, in which the people were a little bit calmer and more cautious. Yeah. And it was like the government that was like, what the hell do we do now? So it's interesting to see how 20 years later, these two, these two big spread panics sort of flipped each other in terms of reaction, I think, yeah, I think. It's, uh, God. And at the end of the day, you, you know, you do have to agree, which is, yes, they were saying everything's going to be fine, but you didn't know that. You, there, was no, there was no concrete proof to it yet. Yeah. There was no proof to it yet. And all because somebody wanted to save a couple of dollars I, back in the 1950s. I understand it. I get it. You got you to you have a bargain, baby. 8K of storage. Was nine hundred and ninety dollars correct? Right? Over nine hundred dollars. I mean, nine ninety. It's just yeah. It's just so crazy. Like it was a different time, but I think it's also interesting that these people that were creating the technology at the time just blatantly said, "We thought by the time it would get to this, our technology would have been obsolete," which is a testament to what they built in the first place. No, yeah. So good for them. That's the story, folks, of Y two K. If you remember where you were during Y two K, we'd love to hear about it, and I'd love to hear your New Year's Eve stories. You want to play a game? Yes. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Ah, Mr. Schroeder, do you remember where you were December 31st, 1999? Of course, I was in my bunker. (laughs) Well well stocked? Yeah, well stocked. Did your family freak out? Did you freak out? Uh, We were terrified. We burned our computer. We we went off the grid. We cut up our credit cards. We uh, smashed our cell phones. No, we didn't. I didn't care. I didn't. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a problem. (laughs) There was no problem. (laughs) Problem was there was no problem. Problem was there was no problem. But, you know, we're always going to live in the world where there are going to be intrinsic dangers. 
around our technology. But can you imagine what would have happened? I I wish something would have happened and the world would have ended in 2000, but can you imagine all the pop culture and historic events that have happened since that would have never even existed? Which ones, you ask? The Office. Drew Barrymore showing her boobs to David Letterman. I think that was before 2000. Oh, yeah, oh, I guess wow. you're There's right. There's really nothing to live so for. You would have definitely seen that, so well, get the hell out of here. Well, thanks, Mark. This is all things that happened just in the year 2000 that you would have missed because uh, the world would have ended it. Oh, in, my in, God. Okay. So this is just one year of awesome events. Were you in, like, junior high now? I was 14. Fifth, 14? Yeah. In high school. High school. I was in high school. I think I was middle school still. I was, okay, I was mm. high school. Okay. Teaching. <laughs> yeah, you were a guidance counselor. Uh, so let's find out what events we would have missed if the world had royally engulfed in flames when the computers killed us uh, with a little game called In the Year 2000. Are we competing against each other? Uh, no, you're working together in this game because oh. I think it's so hard you're going to need both your brains. Oh, so this is a co-op game. I'm going to read a clue about an event that occurred in the year 2000. You got to put your brains together to answer correctly. There's 10 clues here. If you get them all correct, you are gods of the millennium. Okay. Mm. But if you get more than three wrong, I'm hacking into your data, fucking up all your dates, and I'm deleting you from existence. Oh, great. Here we go. This comic strip was published for the last time after debuting in 1950. Peanuts. Peanuts ended in 2000. This $165 billion business merger, the second biggest business merger in history. Time Warner? And CNN. AOL Time AOL. Warner. Oh, AOL, AOL Time Warner. Time Sorry. Michael Jordan returns to the NBA to play for this team. Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards is correct. The U.S. orders the return of this five-year-old immigrant back to Cuba. Elian Gonzalez. Elian Gonzalez. The 72nd Academy Awards are hosted by this comedian. Whoopi Goldberg. Billy Crystal? Billy Crystal oh. is correct. He saved you there, Rob. Thanks, buddy. Of course. Bill Clinton becomes the first sitting president to visit this Asian country. Oh, North Korea? Vietnam. Ah. Vietnam. This mega, mega corporation is ruled to have violated United States antitrust laws by keeping, quote, an oppressive thumb on its competitors. Walmart? Microsoft? It is Microsoft. Oh. Microsoft was getting a little too skynetty back then. This MLB legend becomes the first player to hit a home run into the San Francisco Bay. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Just juicing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys got seven right so far out of eight. You guys hey. Are, you guys okay. are really... Let's keep, uh, let's keep this going. Killed and crushed this one. Number nine. The fourth book in the Harry Potter series is released under this title. Chamber of Secrets? No, no. Chamber of Secrets is the second one. Then... The passing gallstones. It's the one. It's the fourth one where they. The fourth one is where they they compete for the thing. You're driving toward it, my man. What are they competing for? Cup. The goblet of fire. No. Yes. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Look at that. There you go. Super fan yeah. gets that one right. God, you get one fucking scar on your forehead, and you're like, <laughs> oh, look at, guess who I am now? And your final question: Things that happened in 2000. The 52nd Emmy Awards take place. The West Wing, winning Outstanding Drama Series, and Outstanding Comedy Series, going to this sitcom. 2000. Wow. Frasier. Oh, that. 
That would feel right. Frazier. Will and Grace. Will and Grace. Oh. Will and Grace wins outstanding. Un- unacceptable. Series. Uh, whoa. Still did very well. I think you got, what, eight, seven of ten? Eight of ten? So you, you're fine. I'm not hacking into your data. You guys can live yeah. to see Hell yeah. all the great things that are going to happen in the year 2001. Nice. Oh, no. I have to keep putting anything on these floppy disks. Dude, pull your pants up. I call it a disk. Okay. It. Oh, my God. It's shaped like a disk. What do you think I had that random port in my computer? So uh, you want to... You want to take us out, Ray? Uh, go ahead and uh, Instagram uh, at This Was The Thing Pod or check out our website, www.thiswasathing.com or patreon.com slash this was a thing. Go ahead and uh, check us out for $5 a month, the old Lucy level. You get exclusive, amazing content. And we already got a whole season's worth for you. So just imagine you got so much listening stuff to do. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mark. Do you have any resolutions? Mm-hmm. Learn the words to this song. Should all the acquaintance oh, be forgot? Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was a Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was a Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really like what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors, and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was a Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 